You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all areas of the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you, so sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast episode 40. I'm your host Jason Hoffman and with me as usual is your co-host Rich LaRusso. How you doing today, Rich? Outstanding. And and you know, this is being that it's the podcast 40th birthday, we should do something special. Uh, Not our 40th birthday, but you know, sort of. 40th episode. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, it's kind of fascinating. Well, not fascinating, that's not the right word, but uh, kind of cool that we're, we're this far into it anyway, I think. Yeah. What could we do? What could we, how about a giveaway? What do we got to give away? We have any shirts left? Pretty, pretty selective sizes. Mm. How about stickers? We got a few stickers. Why don't we give away a sticker? And do we have any patches left? I think I might have one or two. How about a sticker and a patch? That'll work. Anybody want a sticker and a patch? How do we give it away? Let's see. Hmm. How about people post a picture of their Toyota in action, not in the parking lot, but in action on a trail? Uh and the picture with the most likes wins on Facebook. And we will start that the day this episode releases. As soon as this goes live, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. And we'll run it for how long? Uh, um, 30 days. Be fair. Okay. 30 days is... Yep. Well-planned decisions made here at Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast, folks. Uh, on the spot, just like we always on do. On the spot. <laughs> As we go along. <laughs> oh, could, could we be any more prepared for this stuff? Or ill-prepared? Whichever. We probably should have uh, realized that it was the 40th episode before we started recording, right? One would think, yes, but, uh, you know, we're, we both had a lot going on, man. Our, our minds are, are elsewhere. So you, you're boy, you could say that again. It's, it's been, uh, the last few weeks have been one heck of a ride for myself. How about you? It's been busy. Um, that's putting it, putting it mildly, but, uh, fill us in on what, what you've got going on. It, I, I've been kind of, kind of following along with you and, and, you know, trying to, trying to message with you and whatnot but you've been uh, been a little busy to even even respond to some messages so fill, fill <laughs> yeah. us all in on what you got going on so i uh i decided to go with a long travel setup um uh i you know i don't make things i'm, I'm trying to do much like how we do this podcast <laughs> just kind of do stuff and uh talk about it so uh yeah i decided to put a long travel front end on my um fj cruiser i you know decided i didn't put axle i was going to stick with the ifs but i wanted to um you know get as much reinforcement and and you know get some of the stronger components 
uh, available on the market. And uh, so uh, with a little talking with uh, our buddy Steve Springs at Southeast Overlands, we worked out a uh, package and uh, I got uh, some parts in the mail and, you know, after struggling with... (laughs) with my good buddies you know did i mention uh there's some fine men and work men and women working over at the uh fedex corporation did i mention that lately jason um i i, I know that you have a a love hate relationship with fedex um, possibly possibly leading towards the latter <laughs> well well i was just going to say you love them when stuff finally arrives but uh there there's far more hating going on because it seems like uh they deliver it to neighbors or to the grocery store in town or, you know, wherever, wherever Rich's parts seem to wind up other than at his house. Yes. Yes. So uh, after some some struggles actually obtaining said parts, <laughs> uh, you know, they're they're here and uh, went to work on uh, grounding the truck for it's been a couple of weeks now uh that i i haven't been able to drive it because it's been up on jack stands and um basically the process started with uh rebuilding a couple of cp axles because uh you know to you you have to replace the center shafts so um, i've only rebuilt cp axles a few times in my life so i'm not a pro but uh, i might be a might be a pro or at least really good at toyota axles <laughs> after this project I, I rebuilt two and and i've got two more to do um i i did get uh spare shafts when i did this because i'm you know don't like to go anywhere without spares especially axles um dropped the front diff sent that out to have a front locker installed so i'm waiting for that to come back via fedex <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, so I'm waiting for that to come back from our, our good buddies over at uh, East Coast Gear Supply, who I've worked with in the past and, and have had great experiences. Who's worked with them has had great experiences. So we like to say nice things about them. Um, and and um, my good buddy, uh, good buddies, Chris Steve, came over and we... Um, you know, I had had the front end broken down um, before they got here, and we got to work on welding in uh, shock tower gussets and cam tab, cam tab gussets from Total Chaos. Uh, I went with the Total Chaos long travel kit. I went with the two version. They make a plus two and a plus three point five um, because I wasn't really interested in or running. You know something that the um, 3.5 kit sort of demands so plus two was more for my needs I was more interested in reinforcing components rather than gaining a few inches of travel which really all you gain each way but I I wanted those stronger components I wanted that reinforcement Um, I I will have dual shock uh, not sure I'm going to run dual shocks I, I, I want to more for the novelty of it than I really have a use for dual shocks. I don't catch air in my seven thousand, almost seven thousand pound FJ Cruiser. I don't think it's seven thousand pounds. I haven't had it weighed, but I've got a lot of crap on it, so it's probably it's probably uh, you know pushing the limits. So I, I don't really have any intentions to do any uh, Dukes of Hazard jumps in it. So I don't know if dual shocks will be on the radar for a while. Um, 
So other than that, uh, I'm at the stage now where um, I'm waiting on the shocks. The shocks shipped separately and are not here yet. They should be here hopefully next week via FedEx. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, you know, waiting for the front diff, obviously can't, can't do much without that. And it's all going to go back together and I'm going to go get a front end alignment. Hopefully that goes well. And uh, this, this whole thing will come to a, a close. Um, the stage I'm at with it, today is I'm um, changing out my starter. My starter was being a pain in the butt. So I said, well, while this is all apart, I'm going to do the starter. And as I delved into it, I'm realizing I have to remove, I have um, RD, they make a long travel header kit. And I'm currently in the process of removing one header just to get the starter on, which is uh, kind of a big pain in the butt and I'm not too happy about it and uh, there but there's not really any other way to do it there's just not enough clearance to get a starter getting the old starter out um, I could be a little more carefree and it, it only did in a couple of pieces uh, getting it out of there but getting it in intact without anything broken on it uh, has been a real challenge so uh, this morning I had started unbolting the the headers and you know soaking the bolts in in aerocroil <clears throat> which is a great penetrating oil by the way if uh, anyone's listening it's called aerocroil with spelled with a k and uh, I, I think it's better than pb blaster or basically anything else on the market other than transmission fluid and there's that transmission fluid and acetone mix a lot of people use but uh, Aerocroil has been great. It's it's broken those those free. So Love basically, it. yeah, that's where I'm at with it. It's it's been turned out to be a pretty involved project because as I'm going, you know, um, it wasn't loose everywhere, which is you know the countdown timer for wheel bearings going. So when I pulled it apart and saw that, I said, well, I got to do a wheel bearing, you know. And of course, I'm doing all new seal. Yeah etc so the project has just been uh, basically an entire front end rebuild uh, not I am replacing it you know things such as tie rod ends which are about $15 each I'm not going to put the old ones in and then you know get through this project and then all of a sudden the tie rod goes or something you know uh, I just don't want to be in that position so going that extra mile with uh, some new parts too we've got a little bit of a wonky internet connection here but you had mentioned that you're doing this to uh, to upgrade to some stronger stronger parts what in this long travel setup what what are some of the parts that that are actually upgraded to uh, to something a little bit stronger rich well um, first off the uh, lower control arms are a good deal not only stronger than stock um, they're a bit longer but they have uh, just a, a better scheme for bushings um, in, in in my region of the world we seem to go through uh, <clears throat> lower control arm bushings a lot and uh, sort of one of the things that prompted this was once again I got about two years out of a set of bushings and a ball joint, and I'm I'm tired of it. So, this new setup has uh, 
uniballs on it. And I'm not a great fan of uniballs because of the increased maintenance, especially here in the Northeast. But if I'm only getting that much time out of out of a part anyway, um, you know, I may as well take full advantage of it. So we've got stronger arms, stronger joints, and just an overall better construction with a slightly um, better ground clearance at the arms, at the lower arms. And then the upper arms are, you know, just they're what Camberg supplies with the long travel kit. And I would actually keep my, my SPCs have been good to me. And, and lately there's been on, especially on social media, a lot of people complaining about the quality of SPCs. I haven't run into these issues and I, I am hard on, on this vehicle and it's heavy. So a little confused about uh, why people are having such, you know, some of the issues that they're having. A lot I, of it I've, I see is poor I've maintenance. Missed... I, I've missed out on that. What what seems to be people's uh, c complaints? I I, I haven't. Uh, maybe I've just been scanning over this stuff. But what what am I missing? Well, one of the primary things that we've seen people posting is um, <clears throat> the the tube. I'm trying to you know explain this properly. The tube that connects to the bushing loop or you know the part that the bushing goes into the big round piece the weld there has been breaking because there's no gusset on it so um, there's been a few reports in the FJ cruiser community and I'm, I, I don't monitor the forerunner in Tacoma community enough to you know speak to the experiences folks have had over there but um, these they've been breaking actually se fully separating from from that joint so that's bad and then there's been a couple of bad um, ball joints which um, one of the broken ball joints I saw was completely rusty which tells me there was no grease in it and I think a lot of folks aren't realizing when you get them brand new you do have to pack them with grease they only come with assembly grease in them the new style SPC joints are greasable so I haven't seen any of the new style joints coming apart like this. Um, <clears throat> but again, <clears throat> that's a, a maintenance issue. Um, so um, as, as much as I like SPC and I've run their product for years and, and have had no problems. So of course I'm going to defend it a little bit and say, well, you know, this, this has worked great for me and, you know, but I've all also taken very good care of them or at least as good care as, as a person can. And, uh, so you know i i have there, there's been some issues with those so i would re keep using my spcs because i have no problems with them but obviously they don't have a long travel version so you know I, they don't have something that's two inches longer so i'm gonna have to uh you know get rid of those uh they might even end up on 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 your fjjs well, <laughs> if, I, I, if, you, I, I, if you want them after what i just told you <laughs> i uh I have no uh, <clears throat> problem. Pardon me. Uh, I've had no problem with the uh, the SPCs on my Forerunner, and uh, that is actually one thing that I would uh, would look into uh, to upgrading to on on the FJ Cruiser at some point. So um, yeah, if they uh, if they come up to be moved, I, I would be happy to uh, to take them off your hands for you. Absolutely. Now, you know, I'm not taking a side in the argument, but 
you know, if something is poor quality, poorly constructed or poorly welded, whatever you want to call it, uh, poorly designed, <clears throat> that's a legitimate complaint. And I think a lot of people do have legitimate complaints. Um, other, other complaints people have, you know, I've seen people saying, oh, those things are bad. They just suck. Well, you know, there's thousands of these out there and there's been, you know, a couple dozen issues. So if, you know, am I telling people, well, run out and buy them because they're going to be fine? Well, I don't know if I would do that. But uh, I, I also think it's a matter of usage. I think if this is a part you're going to be real hard on, you know, maybe you should look at something that's, you know, gusseted and, and has a uniball and, and so forth. But uh, so I can't really take a side, but I, I am certainly, you know, in, interested in, in, you know, defending a product that hasn't let me down. It's, it's, it's a weird, you know, I, I feel uh, almost as though in, I'm in the middle on, on seeing both sides of this argument and uh, as a consumer being in the middle, not, uh, not as anything else. But, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and of course yourself as a consumer too, it's, it's always worth it to see what failures people have had, you know. But needless to say, um, they're going to be going out of my life, so I'll never have to think about that for a, a long time, I think. <laughs> and uh, Well, I, I'm... <clears throat> pardon me again having a uh, a similar experience with a product that I have I have defended and and uh, been been quite happy with for uh, for for several years that I finally crossed a, a threshold where I don't want to bash the project product but I also can't I can no longer stand behind it the way that I have in the past I'll put it that way and we'll we'll discuss that here in a little while but um I know, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's tough, and and there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. You know, if you if you do grab something, you know, put it on your truck, um, it's you know it's got good experiences, but you're sort of using it outside of the realm of 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 its design, and you have a failure, then you know it's certainly a uh, you know something to to consider i think another thing that i can't seem to reinforce you know i always try and convey to people when you add custom parts you're adding maintenance if you think you just bolt things on and you never have to touch them with a wrench again or grease or you know inspection um you're 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 completely wrong you you know any especially with aftermarket parts or anything custom made custom can you know in some ways mean mass-produced aftermarket parts because it's it's not OEM so I'm sort of graying that out <clears throat> custom let's say means something you've designed yourself but if you put aftermarket parts on um, you still you know people say well I put these new lower control arms on uh, in the in the rear or lower trailing arms whatever you want to call it I put them on in the rear and now I've got a clunk whenever I step on the brakes or step on the gas and said and it's like well get under there with a wrench check and make sure your bolts are tight and this is something you should be doing if not at every oil change at least as your pre-wheeling you know pre-trail riding checklist you know check for your bolts being tight and uh if they strip or break when you try and tighten them you know replace them obviously well what choice do you have but <clears throat> the point is this stuff isn't you know, a lot of people are new to this, think they're going to bolt the stuff on and forget about it, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it, uh, 
I don't know the right right word to use, but um, the more more aftermarket parts you add, the more you have to keep up with. And uh, I, I I guess I'm just essentially repeating what you said, but it it is so true that it just because you upgraded to a better part doesn't doesn't end the maintenance side of it and no and and it increases the frequency that you have to maintain right 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 (laughs) um and and that's how it goes um so it's 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 a it's sort of a line once you cross that line from stock to adding custom parts you know and of course you're gonna have those one or two people that that stand up and say well i bolted these on three years ago and they're fine and nothing happens and i didn't maintain them or do anything to them well hey good for you guy because (laughs) welcome to being uh you know the golden child because everyone else is having the chase after stuff with a wrench yeah i i know even i'm not throwing anybody under the bus because uh, i myself need to do a probably a far better job of uh keeping up with stuff (laughs) keeping up with stuff than what i do but um yeah my personal method is oil change day is what i call it um when i you know i'll I'll say i'm spending today changing my oil and my friends are like "Uh, what's wrong with you what are you taking it out with an eyedropper (laughs) you know (laughs) um oil change day to me means yes obviously what it implies i'm changing my oil i'm also checking my air filter while i'm under the vehicle i'm checking bolts for tightness i'm look i'm inspecting things i'm looking at rubber parts that are are gone i'm greasing things i'm greasing you know drive u joints on the drive shaft and if i have any suspension components that have a grease zerks i'm checking to make sure you know that they have enough grease in them i don't like to just randomly especially parts with rubber boots like um, ball joints or the SPC joints that have a grease zerk on them. I don't like to just stuff them full of grease at every oil change because that grease has to go somewhere. If you're not losing grease, you know, I understand that forcing some of the, the old stuff out, but if you do force it out, you know, you've got to clean that out and stuff. You can't just pump it in and forget about it. Uh, otherwise, it, it's going to be all over the front end, you know, uh, which is good for rust proofing, but it, it makes a big mess and, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, pulling a boot off, wiping out some old grease, putting the boot back on and then filling, filling them with uh, new grease is, is, is a good practice, you know, um, checking, you know, also another thing I like to do at oil change time, and this is going, I don't want to go way out into left field with this, but um, because we're on topic is watch your suspension components or look at your suspension components and look for wear marks look for one part impacting another because this is another common thing where you see especially with sway bars sway bar links if you've got a bunch of paint missing on one of your coils something up there is is hitting it okay and that can be you know very telltale right right there of either a problem to come or uh you know something else so and we could probably come up with a really cool maintenance checklist for people, but a lot of it just isn't rocket science. If you added a part and, you know, you have your mate, your oil change or whatever to do, check that part you added, you know. If problems come up, 
after you've done a, re a part replacement or repair, guess what the problem is probably related to? Take one guess. The last thing you unbolted and bolted back on. So, you know, a lot of it is common sense. Absolutely. <clears throat> Pardon me. Absolutely. Is there something in the air today? I, I can't talk or breathe either. I've, I've, I've you know, like got something. <clears throat> I don't know if it's pollen or what. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm dealing with something myself here. I don't know exactly what uh, what's going on, but I I'm off my high horse on maintenance. I just I feel bad for folks who who come come around and and they ask questions and and you want to help them, um, uh, but you you can't always tell. You know when someone's saying, "Well, now my truck clunks," you know, and and that you know as well as I do, that is the most impossible thing to get into online you know <laughs> some of the questions that get asked are um, there's not nearly enough uh, enough information there to give any kind of a real real explanation no no and and it's frustrating because you, you want to help people but uh, you know a lot of times they they've got some strange ideas and, and you know, there's the ever since club. You know, you know the ever since. You know, ever since I did this, this happens. You know, or ever since I did that, you know, this this other thing happens. Well, hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's like working on your. You ever? I don't know if you've ever worked on on a relative's car. I I, I had fixed something on my my uh, a relative's four forerunner once. Um, it was the uh, back windshield wiper. And ever since I worked on that back windshield wiper, you know, one of the headlights just started blinking. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, they were completely unrelated. He just needed a new bulb. But the point was, is in his eyes, ever since I worked on that one thing, this other thing started. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of frustrating sometimes to work with folks like that. Well, uh, I think we all deal with that. I've, I've actually had a past project that I thought, or, or a, a project I thought was haunting me, turned out to be a completely different project. I, I, I still had the, the haunted results, but it, it had nothing to do with what I, what I thought it did until I, and, and once I dig, <clears throat> good Lord. Once I dug into it a little bit, it was uh, it was really simplistic what it was, but um, it was uh, kind of frustrating to be you know chasing down one one avenue, thinking it was one thing, and then have it turn turn into be something totally different. So yeah, yeah, it's that's it's how it goes. It's how it goes. And then people are like, "Well, how come you don't want to help me work on my car anymore?" <laughs> Well, because you drive me nuts. <laughs> Apparently, my sanity doesn't seem to mean much. Have you ever, uh, have you ever wanted to do something like that intentionally to somebody, just so they would leave you alone? What, what's that? D sabotage something? Just you know, my, I, I, my mind doesn't really work that way. Um, I, I can't say I've, I've ever you know sabotage them i just seem to suddenly be very busy every time they call so 
you know, and which isn't hard for, for guys like us to do because we've got stuff going on, you know, so it's, but when you make the time for someone and, and they drive you nuts, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I guess, uh, I've, I've never done it up front, but I have sure had the, uh, temptation, temptation to, uh, to do it after the fact anyway. So. <laughs> They're just going to keep calling you. See, I, I don't see any value in that because they're just going to keep bugging you. Well, are are you uh, on this project? How 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 much? Uh, I mean, shy of dealing with FedEx, what uh, <laughs> what what are you looking at for uh, to to get this project buttoned up where you can where you can have your truck back? Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Once I finish this, the starter from hell, which is what, <laughs> what it's become. Once I finish that part of it, um, essentially, uh, I can, you know, once the front diff arrives, I don't want to start reassembling until the front diff is back in, uh, and and the shocks are here because so much depends on those two components. Um, so you know, I could go ahead and bolt on, you know, the upper and lower control arms, and you know, look at them dangling there, but but essentially then you know they could be in my way while i'm doing the diff which isn't isn't the case the the front diff comes in and out pretty easily on these but it it just makes the most sense to me to you know wait for these component parts to come back in i've got to put the diff in and and connect the uh, air locker which i've got plumbed up already i've got the airline waiting um i just have to uh just have to connect it and and get on with it so um i would say i'm probably about 70 percent with it i think that's fair because it's all reassembly at this point once once parts are here just a matter of bolting them on and um, a lot of people are intimidated by the front ifs because it's got some you know can have some some more moving parts but in reality they they go back together pretty pretty easy Um, the upper control arm bolt with the spindle gussets on it is um, actually a tough cookie now it's it's tough to get in and out whereas you know without those those uh, shock tower gussets it's pretty easy you know that big long bolt that holds in the upper control arms on all these things uh, that thing you know with those shock tower gussets there just is it is a disagreeable jerk <laughs> I'm, I'm selecting very careful words here because the words i called it in a shop aren't this nice but it's tough getting that bolt in and out so i certainly don't want to get in a position where you know, I put a bolt in and then have to take it back out, you know, or something like that. I'm just waiting, you know, next week when, when the fine men and women at, uh, the FedEx corporation, um, you know, do their job, which they're going to do correctly the first time, you know, this time, um, one, once, once that stuff's here, uh, I'm hoping to spend next weekend, uh, in the garage with a vehicle that I can drive out of the garage. <laughs> Well, I, I hope that uh, for your sake that 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 things start kind of uh, easing up for you a little bit. I know how how much of a headache it can be to to be in the midst of a project and just feel like it's uh, growing instead of you're actually gaining any ground. So yeah yeah it, it it reminds me of one of those uh you know horror movies where someone's running down a hallway but the door at the end keeps just getting further away right right 
<laughs> it's that's a good way to picture what I've been through on this. But uh, there, you know, there's just nothing left to replace at this point. <laughs> well, it uh, like I said, hopefully, it'll, hopefully it'll all start settling down for you a little bit, and uh, you'll you'll uh, be able to bring it to a peaceful close anyway. Thanks. Um, so you've been a pretty busy guy as well. You've been you've been a traveling traveling man, and and not just on your day job. You've actually got some uh, road time on the Forerunner under your belt. Yeah, kind of an unplanned road time in the Forerunner. As it turns out, it all panned out really well and didn't have any catastrophic issues. But last weekend, uh, folks that listened to the to the, uh, to the last episode of the podcast may remember I had met, mentioned that I was heading to texas for an event uh kind of a, revolving around the uh the yokohama tires that i'm i'm reviewing and uh i had loaded the forerunner up on on the trailer behind the behind the pickup and was was ready to go and and we got down the road about 30 miles and after uh after the recovery of a, a rig that was mentioned a few episodes back, I de- had decided I didn't have time to do it, but I, I had my son uh, repack the wheel bearings in, in my trailer. And I'm not uh, not at all throwing my son under the bus. He's, he's pretty handy with that kind of stuff, but I don't know what he didn't do right with, uh, with these pack- packing these particular wheel bearings, but... Uh, I didn't get 30 miles down the road, and I had two come apart. Um, oh. So it it come down to, uh, per usual for me, I'd waited till the last minute to leave and, and that kind of stuff. So I didn't have a lot of time to kind of reevaluate and, and figure out what to do. And I was kind of tossing options around and and one was to pull the wheels and tires off the the forerunner and and throw them on the fj cruiser which i felt more uh, at the time felt more confident in in driving but uh, that offered its own set of headaches i didn't know for sure whether they would clear and that kind of stuff and and i really intended on doing some wheeling while i was there and so that that option kind of fell to the outside and and the other option was to just wing it and jump in the forerunner and drive 850 miles one way to texas which uh was the the decision that was inevitably inevitably made and uh like i said as it as it turned out it, it was a a great great trip the forerunner i got thinking about it on on the drive down there i've i've owned the forerunner six years uh, right around this time of year, um, I bought it right the the last part of July, first part of August, six years ago. And at one time, uh, you know, early on when when we first bought the truck, it was uh, it was kind of our daily driver. So we drove back and forth to work, and and it just kind of filled filled family duty. But I've never this is the furthest I've ever driven it from home. I, I've never taken it on, and even when it was still kind of stockish when I first bought it. I, I had never taken it on a long, long road trip like this, so that was uh, that was kind of kind of cool. Again, it did uh, it did did fantastic. Um, 
my wonderful wife has uh when, when i done the five-speed swap in it she she told me when i when i put the five-speed in it, and she can drive a manual she just doesn't like to but uh she told me if i put that five-speed in her she'd never drive it again and i believe in the three almost four years i've had that five-speed in there she's drove it once but uh going down to texas and coming back both she got behind the wheel and and uh drove it down the drove it down the interstate just uh we we both had a a, a good time it i i don't <clears throat> pardon me and i'll get to the event here in a minute but <clears throat> i don't think it would have been as good a time for for either one of us had we just been in the it, you know been in the pickup pulling a trailer it it uh it turned into more of a road trip just just taking the forerunner so that actually sounds like a ton of fun it sounds like you guys had a blast uh How's the cruise control on that thing? Uh, non-functioning at the moment, but uh, before it gets driven again, it it will be working. I I, <laughs> I know what's wrong with it, and I know it's what it's going to take to fix it. So, uh, yeah, that that was my my personal biggest hang-up. Um, as somebody that drives for a living, um, I I have over the years come to very much rely on cruise control, and. I hear people say all the time, you know, that, oh, I can't drive a vehicle on the interstate without cruise control. I, I, I end up, you know, just uh, speeding constantly without cruise control. Well, I'm exactly the opposite. If I don't have cruise control and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, before I know it, I'm doing 30 mile an hour down the interstate. I just, my, my foot gets lazier and lazier and lazier on the throttle till I'm just idling along. So, uh, not only is cruise control more comfort for me, but it's probably safer for other people on the road if I have it. So, yeah, I can I can relate to that. Sometimes you start daydreaming, and the next thing you know, you're uh, you look up and there's some really annoyed person behind you, you know, zipping around you. <laughs> ha- happens to me all the time, all the time. However, on this trip, I I did a pretty good job of of. Uh, maintaining maintaining speed um we did figure out thankfully i've got an app on my phone that uh is kind of a a speedometer app and i'd always kind of felt like my my speedometer was a bit off in in the forerunner but uh we we fired that app up on my phone and and compared it to the uh the actual speedometer in the in the forerunner and as it turned out the uh the forerunner reads about 10 mile an hour slow. Ten? <laughs> yeah, at least seven anyway. It, it was hard to get get an accurate, uh, you know, pinpoint. But we we figured out that, that 60 mile an hour on the speedometer was between 67 and 70 on, <laughs> on actual speed. So. Okay. Oh, so you, you've actually been pretty lucky to get on the highway and not get a ticket all this time. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh how it managed to get that far off is beyond me but anyway so so that's the journey what was the destination the destination was uh a a park in texas called hidden falls adventure park and uh to to the listeners from texas and 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 those of you that have been there that kind of gave me a heads up on what the place was like um i have to say for that long of a drive um 
other than the fact, and, and I was, I, I'm not a fool, you know, the, the middle of July in the middle of Texas is going to be hot, and, and it was hot. But um, I, I believe even, you said you've been there before, Rich, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I was actually there, but I was there uh, just after New Year's or between New Year's and Christmas several years back, so it was uh, it was jacket weather even for Texas. Well, the the that park is um, it's an outstanding park in Texas. I I was so so impressed with with everything about it. Just uh, from from how they have the trails maintained and and the trail quality and and that kind of stuff and just what it had to offer. It was uh, it was a very very cool park. Um, obviously very dry this time of year we didn't see uh much if any water at all on on the trails that we we ran while we were there but uh just uh I- incredible wheeling i i envy folks that that are in that area that not not just hidden falls but they get to wheel wheel that part of texas on any any kind of regularity it uh very very cool place the event itself I don't want to speak for for the people that that organized it. I don't think they had quite as many people show up as as what they had had hoped. Um, we there, there was still a pretty good turnout. I want to say between forty and fifty forty and fifty trucks. Um, the mo- majority of them um, for for this podcast sadly were jeeps. Uh, if there was one thing that that made me uncomfortable about the whole. Uh, the whole event was I was the only Toyota there. I don't know where our where our Toyota peeps were at that that could have showed up, but I, I was I was the only one there representing Toyota. And uh, how the heck did that happen? I but your, your guess is as good as mine. Um, you, you need to step it up, Texas Toyota people. Yes, I I, I was uh, quite enamored at at how many Jeeps there were in texas and and i i will say this that everybody there was super cool i mean just uh even for even for jeep owners they were they were good folks so the uh the the crew of guys that led us around were a uh a group of guys from a club i i hope i'm saying this right uh the fort hood chapter of the military jeepers association these guys were all either current military or ex-military and uh they they knew the trails at at hidden falls like the back of their hands um and they did a fantastic job of of guiding trails and getting everybody through the trails and and that kind of stuff um just uh even even for for jeep guys very very welcoming and and that kind of stuff so Wow, that's that, well. That's great, and you know, most we we like to you know pick on jeeps our, our fair share. That's for sure. Um, but in reality, out on the trail, you know, you, you meet a lot of great folks, no matter what they're driving, and and everybody kind of is happy to see. You, especially when you come a long way to an event. <clears throat> you know, I've never driven a long way to an event and and gotten a cold reception from anyone. They're always just like, "Wow, you came here all the way from Tennessee! Wow!" You know, and they're they're just so happy to see you. 
I, that that's kind of the way that these guys came across to me. You know, they were were really really happy to show somebody from from uh, out of town, um, kind of their their local stomping grounds, and and show it off a little bit and that kind of stuff. So it was uh, it was really cool. So what were the uh, what was the difficulty of the trails that you you picked? I mean, obviously you had driven a long way, so you weren't looking to uh, you know put yourself in a precarious position. They, pardon me, uh, the guy that, that uh, led the group that I was with said that we were running uh, four and five level trails. Now, at Hidden Falls, I don't know exactly what, uh, where that falls in their, their rating system, I guess. But I would say that they were, uh, I, I would judge them as moderate trails. Um, we didn't hit anything super hard, but it wasn't uh, wasn't stuff you'd want to take a stock vehicle down either. Um, I've actually got for for our listeners in Texas. I know uh, uh, Cody and and a few other guys want to know what uh, what trails we ran down there. So just real quick, I'll run run through the trail names, and and you guys can give us some feedback on you know compared to other trails down there what what these consist of. But we started out and did midnight run. Um, then we went and ran a, uh, a trail called Bronco Buster, another one called Carnage Canyon. Uh, we drove up to the tower, which is uh, Wildcat Mountain Trail. And then we all, at, at, after that, we all grouped together, all, everybody that was at the event, and ran a trail called TRO, which I have no idea what that stands for, but that's what the trail was called. So, uh and, and that one was a uh, evidently at different times of the year it's full of water it, it was a, a creek bed trail and uh, it was a ton of fun it had some nice nice challenges in it and some some real cool scenery not that the rest of them didn't but uh, it was uh, it was a really cool trail I believe that's the trail I, I had run uh, with with a, another fellow FJ cruiser uh, when I was down there several years ago, uh, and and it was mostly dried up. There's a little water in it, and and it seemed to get progressively more challenging as you went up it. Is is yes. we're probably describing the same trail. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, there wasn't really too many. There was a cut. Well, at the time we were there, there was a couple of go arounds on some of the larger obstacles, but for the most part, uh, there wasn't too many go arounds. And and once you were in it, it, it was sort of a commitment because. Um, you know getting out to an adjoining trail uh you know if you had bitten off more than you could chew uh was wasn't easy without going back the way you came yeah i believe pardon me i believe that's probably the same trail and i i think that's one of the more popular trails at at hidden falls but uh yeah it was a it was a great deal a great deal of fun um only had one uh one situation the whole whole day and i want to say it was on on uh, carnage canyon where i had had started up a ledge and uh, it takes quite a bit to to rattle me when it when it comes to doing stuff off off road but for whatever reason that that ledge rattled me a little bit and i got hung up trying to get up it and i i was actually i told our our trail leader i stopped and i told him i said i'm i'm ready to winch right now and uh 
so he started positioning a jeep in front of me and then he got to looking at it and he he told me he said if you feel comfortable doing it i think if you back up and just take a a, a little bit different line i think you can can make it up over it without without having to winch so with him spotting me a little bit i i uh, kind of followed his his commands and and sure enough i walked right up right up and over it but it uh it definitely made me uh take some deep breaths and and uh raise the heart rate a little bit i don't know exactly what it was about it that, that got to me like that but uh something something sure did off camber and uphill and and just a whole bunch of things combined kind of kind of rattled me a little bit on that one but all, all those things that uh you know that that perfect combination of things that i think probably makes us all clench up a little bit yeah looking you know looking out my window and and seeing a, a probably 20 or 30 foot drop if i kept sliding in the direction that i was going i think played a played a big role in it but uh like I said, I, I that was the only only spot that I really struggled with. Um, there was another spot that the majority uh, on the the last trail that we did there was was another section where uh, the majority of everybody made it up through this through this obstacle and and I had actually attempted it and uh, ended up putting a, a pretty nice gouge and and pretty decent dent in my rear passenger door or driver side door and uh, I decided at that point I'd, I had had enough, so I backed down and, and took the bypass on it. But uh, hopefully that doesn't, doesn't let the Toyota brand down too much that, uh, that I had to take a bypass on that one. Well, no, I, I, it's all in how you handle it. If, uh, you know, if you go home after that, then I think you, you get what you deserve. But <laughs> if you gracefully continue the, the trails, and, uh, then, then I think you're okay. But um, you, hopefully you post a little picture of the carnage. I, I think I did see one picture, but it didn't look too bad. I, of course, you know, pictures, you can never tell how deep a gouge is in a picture. Yeah, this this one, uh, I, I was actually, I, I didn't even notice it till we got, got back to town, but I was kind of surprised that it, it uh, not bragging about carnage or saying mine's any worse than anybody else, but for bumping a rock and to, to have it uh, gouge the metal the way it did on this one, I was gave me a new respect for texas rocks i guess they uh not only are they extremely hard but they've got some jagged edges to them too so and they're very abrasive yes yes very they're very much so. porous and abrasive but uh when i when i posted that picture on on facebook i i kind of hold you uh responsible for jinxing me for that some some folks may may have noticed that uh before i went down there i had some uh had some stickers with the podcast logo and that kind of stuff made up and and uh put on the forerunner just to to help represent the podcast and and uh you made a comment about i was going to have to watch out for uh for body damage at all costs so that uh my my new dent in the rear door and and the uh the tore up flares on the passenger side I, i'm i'm pinning that blame on you so yeah yeah well you know i i uh, have that way of encouraging uh bad behavior yeah for uh for any folks that think that i am truly upset about a a few scuffs in the paint on on my forerunner um we need to get to know each other better because my forerunner has uh 
has already suffered way worse than 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 what it uh, what it suffered in these pictures. So I uh, I try to keep it nice, but I'm also not gonna not gonna cry over a little bit of scratch paint. So it sounds like that was a that was a great trip and well worth the ride. It, it was, and uh, it was really it was nice for for me. Um, I guess I've been kind of dancing around this a little bit, but uh, it was really nice for me to um, to talk to a few other people. There were four of us there running these new Yokohama tires, and uh, n- no diss to two of the guys, but they they had more uh, show truckish full-size trucks one one had a, a brand new f-150 and one had a uh i want to say it was a 2012 or 13 uh chevy silverado but uh one of the other gentlemen had a a jeep jk and uh he probably wheels way way harder harder in his jk than i do in my my forerunner and it was really nice to to talk to him and kind of uh get validation on how i felt about the tires and and we were both kind of saying the same things you know as far as how quiet they are on on the road for for a a luggy mud tire and uh they just uh they seem to stick to everything um and and do fantastic off-road that being said, we both agreed, and, and only time will tell, but we're both kind of curious what, what kind of miles that we'll get out of a, a set of these tires, just because the compound does seem almost, I don't want to say too soft for a road tire, but um, they, they are a really, really soft tire. And uh, the 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 gentleman that i'm i'm referring to is is will white and will is a a moderator on jk forums and i'm not sure if he said he was going to moab or or wanted to go to moab but i i think a trip like that would be a a very good test for these tires because moab tends to be not not hard on tires but if you want to wear a wear a tire out quick drive it around on the sandpaper out at at moab for for a week and uh, it'll it'll definitely take a set of tires and and show you whether they're gonna gonna hold up or not. But like I said, it was it was nice talking to Will and and being able to uh, to get his input and and again just kind of validation on on the things that that I've been uh, kind of thinking about these tires as well. So well, that's good. Um, um, it 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 is good to talk to other people that you know have the same brand of tires uh, because when you're when you're one of the first i mean you you get all these ideas and you're kind of wondering you're hmm, am i crazy is it just my setup you know and and you have all these questions so it, it's that's what's great about going to these so um was yokohama present at this event they they were not um i i was when we when we when the event was being set up, I think that they were were uh, intending to be have some representation there, but there was nobody from Yokohama there. I was was uh, really kind of surprised in that in that aspect. I was hoping to uh, to be able to talk to somebody from Yokohama and and get uh, get their perspective on on you know the redesign of these tires and and you know why they 
did certain things that they did and that sort of thing but there was there was nobody there to talk to so hmm. that's too bad i hope that uh you know I, I don't know if they're listening but i hope that they uh um uh, you know pick up on that and and get out to more events like this now the the uh the folks at internet brands um who are are the ones that i i've said before are you know they're who I dealt with getting the tires and and you know through Yoda Tech they own own Yoda Tech as well as several other other internet forums and and that kind of thing. Um, they are the ones that put the event together and they had uh, a a uh, photographer there and a writer there that are going to be doing a a article about the event and that kind of stuff. So when uh, when that becomes available, um, I'll be sure to uh, to get a link put up somewhere where people can find it. And, and uh, learn a little, little more about what went on and that kind of stuff, and and from from their, you know, from a writer's perspective, what uh, what they thought of the event. So, good stuff, good stuff. I'd love to get back down to that park uh, someday. Maybe uh, maybe when we plan our big Texas trip, we'll uh, work that park into it. That would be that would be awesome. Well, um, what else has been going on? So, other than the the, the carnage, I mean, you know, you got some sheet metal. Um, any anything else to report on the Forerunner? Well, I you had mentioned earlier about you know how we we kind of favor favor products and then for for whatever reason at some point have to uh, have to change our our tune. Um, on the way home, believe it or not, it did not happen on the trail. Uh, I have, <clears throat> I have always been, since I, I started running Bilstein's on my my Forerunner, I have always been super impressed with how they rode, how they handled, and how they worked on on the Forerunner. And last summer, uh, I had uh, I had broken a rear rear shock, and I t- talked with. Uh, talked with toy tuck about it when i when i swapped over to the new superflex springs in the rear they recommended going with a a bilstein what they termed as a long travel bilstein which is essentially a a bilstein for an fj cruiser Mm. and so i that's what i did and uh i've been really happy with them um since since i put them on there like i said the the forerunner uh, I, I am just super content with with how it rides. But on the way home, we uh, we hit just a little bit of a dip in the interstate, and when we did, I I, I kind of felt something pop a little bit in the rear end, and then the ride got kind of funny. And so the next not, time, not funny, haha, not but funny, funny, haha, but just funny kind of this just just doesn't feel right, funny. Uh, we stopped just a few miles after that and got gas, and and I crawled underneath and got to looking around, and uh, the shock stem had on the passenger side rear shock had it, it's threaded into the bushing mount. Um, I don't understand that theory at all. Uh, why why they would do it that way? I'm sure there's a reason for it, but. Um, Nonetheless, it had jerked the threads completely out of the uh, out of the bushing mount. So, essentially, I've I have broken another Bilstein shock, and uh, 
for as much as I love the the ride quality and that kind of stuff and and how they seem to perform I I'm not not in a position to keep replacing shocks uh every year so I am currently in the process of of shopping for a solution um, I've talked to a few people and got some some really good ideas on some I guess non-conventional uh, meaning not something that's intended to be put on a forerunner but works very well uh, options for rear shocks and uh, I'm pursuing some some of those some of those options um, I'm looking at the the a a different set of Bilstein uh, Rich, are they the 2.0s? Is that right? Uh, the Bilstein 6112s, I, I think. I, I don't know about the 2.0s, but I know a lot of us um, go with the 6112s, which are very, very similar in performance to the 5100s that people love, um, except that you've got some beefier components. You've got a beefier uh, bottom stem, and, and I believe the shock body's reinforced. They're just a a tougher version of the same shock. Oh, that uh, that's one of them that I'm one of them that I'm looking at. It's uh, I don't have the uh, the part number right in front of me, but it the the one that was recommended to me is not uh, it's not for a forerunner. It's actually a uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I believe it's for a Tacoma, and I will have to change out the. Uh, Bushings. The, the bushings, you know, the lower bushing to a different size bushing yeah. and that kind of stuff. But uh, the the gentleman that I was speaking with about it, I know how he he wheels his forerunner. I know what he know what he does with it, and he said he's he had ran that setup for a long time in the past and never had never had any issue with it, and it, it performed very well. So that uh, right now, that's kind of kind of the direction I'm looking anyway. So. Well, that's good. That's a good upgrade. I, I, you know, when you were hearing you say that the uh, threads on the top post just stripped out like that, I, I was kind of in shock because usually the the top posts just snap off stuff. Well, well, let me let me reword that. It was or 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 clarify that it was not the threads on the top post. Okay. The the eye on the the bottom of the shock that actually attaches to the to the stem or you know to the piston rod in the shock is threaded on on the bottom okay um and it's only got i don't know six or eight threads something like that where it where it threads into the uh where it threads into the bushing eye and i don't again i don't understand that that setup i don't know why that wouldn't be welded i don't i i'm sure that bilstein has a reason for why they do it that way but um one, there's not enough threads there, and and two, it just it just doesn't seem like a a uh, logical design to me. I know they make you know shocks with stems on both ends and and that kind of stuff, and maybe that's maybe that's where it started at. I I don't know, but uh, it was it was not the 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 top stem that that stripped out. It was it was the bottom eye. I'll I'll get some pictures of that and post them up. So kind of clarify what i'm talking about but yeah i can kind of picture it in my mind but i think our listeners would probably love a, a, a picture and uh it sounds like uh, kind of a bizarre way for them to go 
It, I, I've never heard of that quite happening. Um, and it's not something I would necessarily say is, is bad about Bilstein, considering you got quite a bit of mi- mileage out of these, right? Or are these the new shocks? The, these are new. I just put these on about this time last year. Okay. Um, so they've got five, six wheeling trips on them, maybe. And, and uh, I, we were so, almost back home from Texas when it came apart, but that'd be the ro- most road miles it's had on it in a year anyway. So. Right, right. And, I mean, it's fair to say that, you know, being hard on it may have shortened its its life or contributed to what happens but you it's not like you were five minutes down the road from the trail you were about halfway home or something right yeah and and, and i'm sure that that they have suffered some abuse off-road um but i would think with a a a a shock like a bilstein shock that they would um i would expect them to to be a little more durable i guess than that again i'm not I don't want to throw throw Bilstein under the bus, but m- my luck with them recently has definitely uh, it's definitely made me rethink things. So, well, I think Bilstein's a, a good quality product, you know, and I'm sure you know. In in, in again, like we were talking before, we, we say look at look at the duty, you know, look at what you you're putting these things through, and 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 consider well, was it bad or or was I just overloaded and beating the crap out of it? So. You know, I think everything has its its limitations. Um, certain series of the the Bilsteins, you know, I think people people get hard on them and and uh, and and they you know they they just don't live up to it. Um, but they have so many products out there. Uh, like you were saying, you know, they've got something that will be reinforced that that can still do the same job. You know, they have they have a few different models. You know, so you've you've got options there, and it seems like they're supporting the product nicely. Yeah, um, the, the for for me, I guess it's just time to uh, to try a different different option and uh, see see if I can't get something else to uh, to hold together just a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's. Uh, that sounds like it certainly was a uh, uh, adding some more pucker to your trip, but in in reality, not the worst thing. So it was probably a little bit bouncy on the the rest of the ride home. Yeah, it, it was. It, you know, just uh, on the one side there, it it, it uh, kind of bounced around a little bit, but uh, we we made it home and uh, with without any further issues. And if that again, if that's if that's the worst thing that happened on on a long long trip like that, then I've got uh, got no issue with it. So, but well, good times, good times. Anyhow, uh, I don't know. I can't, I'm drawing a blank as far as anything else to uh, to talk about as far as that trip goes, but. No, I think sounds like you you covered everything uh, up to to getting back home and uh, not having air conditioning. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know that I told the told the listeners about that, but yes, my my air conditioning in my house gave up, so I'm uh, currently residing in my motorhome just so I have <laughs> just so I have some air conditioning. <laughs> Oh man! So this is why people keep motorhomes on their on their front lawns. Well, it's why I keep one. So, <laughs> or that <laughs> or that, I, that that plays a part in it anyway. So 
you're a smarter man than the rest of us for sure um, <clears throat> well that's good um, well I think that uh, that was a great trip report and and it certainly makes me uh, anxious to get back down to Hidden Falls I you know again I think I was down there um, oh I don't know maybe in the 1700s maybe the 1750s I think it was you know uh, <clears throat> just uh, uh, just before the Revolutionary War I was down there so got to get back down and, and check it out so that's hidden falls adventure park in what town uh marble falls texas marble falls texas for anybody who's listening go check it out um yeah, well that was it, a great main topic yeah anybody that's anybody that's in the area uh give that give that place a check out i like i said i was i was the only toyota at the event but i there was a a really nice built uh fifth gen forerunner that was not with our group they were just uh just out checking out the trails and and i also spotted a a uh, a newer tacoma um didn't look like it would had 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 much done to it but uh he was out there running some trails as well just uh didn't didn't join up with our group and and le- left me to uh to represent toyota amongst a bunch of jeeps by myself well that was nice of them <laughs> yeah they gotta stick together when we see each other out there ah uh, but anyway one, one quick shout out um there was a gentleman that came up uh, we were we were on our way home um i don't remember the name of the town in texas but uh there was a gentleman uh, that that come up and we had a really nice conversation at, while while I was getting gas that uh, he didn't have it with him but said that he had a a, a uh, 2007 FJ Cruiser and and that he'd be checking out the podcast so sir I apologize I don't remember your name but if you're listening uh, I do remember the conversation and and thanks for uh, thanks for coming up and saying hi good stuff good stuff uh so what's next on our checklist here uh, we don't have any listener feedback this week so uh would be community spotlight oh i love community spotlight what do we got well i'm trying to get to it oh thank you um we we have a give me just a second here there is an event. Um, if you're listening to this when when the episode releases, you still have a little bit of time to uh, to check it out. But um, our buddies at, at, at Front Range Off Road, <clears throat> pardon me, Brian and, and the guys at Front Range, are going to be doing a few events or, or trying to do a few events um, this summer and, and and fall. But one of them is uh, going to be Saturday, August twelfth. Uh, it's uh, Front Range Fun Run. I don't have a lot of details on it. Uh, it will be uh, starting at 9 a.m. Uh, they're going to run the Moody Hill Trail in, uh, in out in Colorado. Um, I'm sure that if you go to Front Ranges, and, and we'll try to get a link to it, um, to Front Ranges' Facebook page, that there's some information about it. But uh, I think that would be a be a fun run to uh, to get out and and run some trails with with brian um i know he's uh i think he's talking about taking their buggy out um as well as probably that awesome uh third gen forerunner on 37s that we talked in depth about when we had had brian on the show but 
that would be the that would be the only one I got, Rich. Do you have any any other events going on in in uh, your part of the world, or do you know of any? Actually, things are pretty quiet right now. Um, we are sort of at that uh, peak of the summer where I think uh, we've either covered all the events that are going on, or um, it it just almost seems like it reaches a lull in August, and then as things cool off through. Uh, and, and autumn approaches it seems like then there's another big block of runs between uh, the end of August up until November yeah this pardon me this is kind of a uh, definitely a hot time of year to to be putting on events so but we will uh, Appalachian Toyota Roundup is is right around the corner I know a lot of folks are are uh, busy getting ready for ready for that event and it, it looks like i will be uh i was hoping to just be ready for the event but it looks like i'll be back to, to being busy getting ready for the for the event um i'm sure we'll have a little bit more to talk about with about that as time goes gets a little closer but uh rich if you don't have anything anything else i guess that's we'll call that an episode buddy yeah, no, I, I don't have too much going on. I, I hope uh, for our next episode, I'm, I'm uh, the long travel's complete, and I'm able to actually uh, talk about it and show it off a little bit. Well, that that will be very cool, and we, uh, I'm sure, not just myself, but many of the listeners look forward to uh, look forward to hearing hearing that it's done, and uh, anxiously awaiting you getting it out on the trail to uh, to try it out for the first time. Well, it may all be done, but just, you know, without a starter at the rate this is going. So, you know, I'll just have to leave it leave it running. Well, that is, that was one of the uh one of the benefits of converting the forerunner to a to a 5-speed was you know. I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, did, didn't you say when you were shopping for an FJ you wanted one with a 6-speed? <sighs> I I initially was looking for a manual, yeah. But but I mean, uh, uh, it's not like starters are are a regular thing, you know. My uh, my starters went because, and it wasn't even it wasn't even going. It was doing that, you know, every I don't know second to twelfth try. It would actually turn randomly, and it was because of some muddy water. So it is what it is. It probably uh, would have lasted a lot longer. And I know exactly which mud puddle did it. I I know. So. And it was a, it was a, I got this moment, you know, you know, you know, that, that moment when you sell yourself, I got this yes. and, and I did, I got out of it. <laughs> I did get it, but I paid, I'm paying now. I'm, I'm going to stop complaining about it and just do it, get it over with. Yeah. Well, once you get done and, you know, wrap your knuckles up from, from being bloody and that kind of stuff, you'll say, well, that wasn't so bad. I didn't like lose a foot in the process or something so yeah the whole fj didn't fall on me right so. right <clears throat> yeah so well anyway uh thanks everyone for listening and uh we're gonna we're gonna have hopefully some cooler stuff to talk about next time absolutely we uh I, i'm working Not that this stuff this stuff was cool it, you know don't get me wrong well, I, I, people are probably getting tired of hearing about my boring trips, but I, I, I promise you, promise you, folks, I'm I'm working hard in the background to get some some really cool interviews coming your way. 
Um, We've actually got some top name interviews coming. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans because, you know, we're still negotiating stuff, but we've got some pretty high profile people lined up. That we do. Um, not that the, the folks that we haven't, that you know, that we've had on the past, in the past, haven't been high. Yeah, I'm just going to shut up. Yes, because they've, they've all been high profile folks, but the, there's, I know there's a couple of names in here that are, that are, we're not worthy. Let's just leave it at that. Um, yeah, let's let's leave it at that. I don't want to jinx anything at this point. So, no, no, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy trying to replace his starter. <sighs> anyway, folks, um, <sighs> as usual, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so through our website, uh, ToyotaTrucksAndTrails.com. You can send us an email to toyotatrucksandtrails at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash TTAT Podcast. We are on Instagram at, at Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast. Um, if you listen to us on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, um, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, it's it's been a while since we've got a got a review and we've got a lot of really nice ones but they kind of help us out a little bit in the rankings and that kind of stuff and and the more reviews that we get the the easier it is for for other listeners to find us and and that's what we're here for so uh, if you could do us that that small favor that would be fantastic also if you when you shop on amazon if you would please go to our website and click on our amazon banner and shop through that banner amazon gives us a little bit of a little bit of a kickback from their side um thank you to the folks that have have been doing that there's there's been a little uh, few cents here and there trickling in from from that um also very important to us please uh check out uh, our, our show sponsor southeast overland we haven't mentioned steve and, and southeast for for a few episodes but uh it, it we always appreciate what they do and and it helps out if if you folks when when you deal with them, let them know that that you appreciate what they do for the podcast. So, I actually uh, mentioned Steve a little bit earlier in the in this podcast because I felt you know uh, greatly indebted to him for the service and getting me this new setup. So, um, you know, just yeah, that's all. Is that all? That's all. Uh, yeah, I okay. just wanted to mention that. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. We so, miss you. It's always appreciated. We, and we miss him. And we miss you. And I'm still mad at you for not taking me to Colorado. Oh, oh. It's on. I shouldn't say mad. My feelings are hurt. Disappointed. I wouldn't have take up much, taken up much room. And I yeah, you're kind, of, you're, kind of, you're kind of skinny. He could just fold you up. And... Yeah. I'd have. I just stowed he, he, tra- he trailered the FJ out there. I mean, you could have just sat in the driver's seat and slept the whole time. Yeah, I'd, I would have happily done that. I'd, I would have been yeah. quiet, wouldn't have said anything. But your, you would have even brought your own food. Yeah, I, I'd have been no burden whatsoever, but he didn't even offer. So Rude. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, folks, uh, we're going to call this episode 40. Thanks, everybody, for... Uh, 
for downloading and checking it, checking us out, and for for all the continued support. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, wasn't for the listeners, we wouldn't be doing it. So th- thanks everybody for uh, for all you all that everybody does for the podcast. It is it is much appreciated. But Rich, do you have anything else to add? No, I was just uh, the, you know I want I want everyone to realize that the thanks that Jason just gave. Uh, comments from both of us uh, we're really appreciative about uh, I can't even talk we very much appreciate all the uh, support and uh, the great feedback and contributions that that the community has made uh, to keep us going um, <clears throat> we're still you know working off the cuff and as as two guys and I and I think that's kind of what everyone expects so uh, as much as we've tried to polish the show it, it, it always seems to return to a couple old grease monkeys uh, talking about mud, I think. <laughs> and the fact that people still listen is is mind blowing to me. But uh, <laughs> none the, nonetheless, very appreciated. I would listen. There's some good advice on this podcast. I, I learn a lot. Just I, just making. I, you and me both. You and me both. If, if it wasn't for our crap breaking, um, I don't think anyone else would learn. <laughs> We we do it all for you, folks. You you have no idea the 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 punishment that that we put our trucks through to uh, to not only entertain you but to to enlighten you. So hopefully, <laughs> our our escapades are helping people out there to you know either prevent problems or or solve problems. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's go home. Let's go home. Call it, call it quits. Alrighty, folks. All right. I, I, I've led into this three times and got derailed every time, but uh, th- this will be the last time, I promise. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, however you go about it, get out and enjoy your Toyota. Goodbye. Goodbye.